Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's bring in the legendary coach without further ado, Jackie Sherrill joining us. He is the featured guest here at the Little Rock Touchdown Club today. Coach, good to see you. How are you? Very well, thank you. Uh, I'm looking forward to having a time in talking, going back in. Uh, talking to David, uh, you know, I cussed David a few years ago quite a bit when he played at Arkansas. That was a long time ago, so you, yeah. you recall that. That's good. Your memory's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was a good player. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, Arkansas is mired coach in a five-game losing streak. The majority of those games have been highly competitive. They've been in them in the fourth quarter. I'm sure you, you haven't been through too many of those, but, I mean, when you're in a situation like that where your team is – you're not getting to smoke anything. We're close, but no cigar for Arkansas. Mostly is what it's come down to. What do you What do you tell your team? How do you keep them fighting every week? Well, you, you got to keep them positive, because uh, you know today with the social media, you know every player is hearing something, and you know most of it right now is not very good, and including you know you're not doing this, you're not doing this, and basically watching Arkansas this year, they played well enough to win some games. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, they haven't been blown out. They, so how do you fix it? Uh, I went through the same thing back in in uh, 84 uh, where we lost a couple of games, and I felt that we probably should have finished – eight or nine, but we didn't. And we had one player that we were playing TCU. They win. They win the conference. Uh, He jumped up in Wednesday or Thursday in our squad meeting and said, I ain't letting TCU beat us. And it takes sometimes just one play, one player, you know. So – you go back and you can say the games that they lost, it could have been one player, one, two, a defensive call, offensive play. So are they close? Yes. Uh, will they get everything fixed? It it really is the players. You know, the coach on the sideline calls the play. You know, a coach's job is to prepare the players mentally. Practice them physically, and today because of not trying to get players hurt, we don't practice physically like we used to. But offense and defensive linemen, you have to go full speed against each other, and you see it all the time. There's a lot of teams with a lot of talent, offensive linemen, but they haven't gone full speed in practice, and so when they get in the game. All of a sudden, the game's faster than they practice. And the most important thing for a coach is put the players in the right position and then get out of the way and let them play. And uh, so it's players have more to say about playing the game than what people. It's always the coaches. Right. But if the coach does the first three and gets out of the way, I go all the way back to John Wooten. Do you ever see John Wooten ever get off the bench? Never. Never said a word to the players. But I guarantee you, 
in practice, mm-hmm. uh, he probably let a lot of things come out of his mouth, but he prepared them to play, then go play. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest issues with Arkansas has been their offensive line. They just been, haven't been able to protect K.J. They haven't been able to open up running lanes. Uh, the running game has been non-existent. How much can an offensive line, can the offensive line improve throughout the season, get better this year? Well, I, in my career, I go back to one thing. Uh, years ago, Penn State uh, had a great base uh, football team, the best defensive team in the country. Uh, Coach Snellerberger brought Miami up, and they never threw a pass other than quick three steps well when you have a hard time protecting your quarterback you can't ask an offensive lineman for him to hold the ball you know four or five seconds it ain't he's going to you can't do it and so that comes back to knowing that you have to get the ball out of the hands of a quarterback quick so your all your routes that you call are going to be quick routes, and if you're playing man post, if you're, you know, playing zone, you got to flood the zone, but get the ball. You know, five yard gain, three yard gain, six yard gains are better than a sack. Yeah, you get behind the chains. This team gets behind the chains. They have a very tough. I mean, it's almost a zero percent chance of coming overcoming it. Something like well, A and M is going through the same thing right now. You know, they're the quarter, asking the quarterback to hold the ball too long. So, uh, you know, I was fortunate to play with Joe Namath, Steve Sloan, Kenny Stabler, so, and coached some great quarterbacks, Danny Marino, Jack Thompson, Athon Samoan, Kevin Murray. Uh, so, you, you got to help the quarterback, but you got to let the quarterback handle himself. You know, we call plays and all of a sudden, but we don't see what the quarterback sees as a coach on the sideline or even a coach in the press box. You know, well, that guy was open. Well, you're at ground level. You see things differently than what you see on the sideline or up in the press box. Talking to Jackie Sherrill for just tuning in. He'll be speaking to the Little Rock Touchdown Club here in a little bit. I want to ask you about um, – your impressions of the coaching world today, uh, A, the money, B, the way that there's so much fanfare when there's movement from place to place. I mean, you moved a couple of times over the years. What do you make of the coaching profession these days? Well, it's much harder today uh, because of the transfer rule. Plus, uh, the NCAA, in my opinion, is very inept. Well, it's... Most uh, people's uh, opinion. Yes. <laughs> uh, and you look at the NIL, uh where we're headed is very simple. We're headed to a NFL playoff a system, or not playoff, but an NFL system where you'll have East-West and you'll have divisions in East-West. And those will be, only be the teams that will make a commitment to football. And, you know, there are some questions if some of the teams right now will make that commitment because you have to have facilities you have to have the ability but they'll end up paying uh, not paying but they'll be uh, giving a stipend to every player that will be the same across the board what regardless of what team what position then the player will will have that 
Now, that will not keep a player from going out and getting his own deal with somebody. But there will be regulations in the universities right now. You can't tell me that a head coach doesn't know what is offered to a kid in an NIL deal. So, but after they do this, there will be heavy sanctions if, anybody from the university is involved in the nil deal where was your favorite stop the city the the, the place you enjoy coaching players you know it, it as a coach it's not your home not the city it's the players so i was fortunate i had a lot of great players uh had uh, a lot of success because of them you know Coaches don't play the game. I've never seen one ever kick a ball, throw it, or make a tackle. So it's the players that you have that actually makes the coach. What do you do these days on Saturdays? Watch games or either go to games. Where are you living now? At Wimberley, Texas. That's in between Austin and San Antonio. Oh, okay. That's a, I went to a Southwest Texas State, now Texas State. Well, you've been there. Yeah, you I know have, where Wimberley exactly is. exactly it is. Yes, sir. I live on uh, you know, the Blanco River, River oh. Road. Coach, who's the, if, you, if I was going to ask you, who's the best offensive player you ever coached and the best defensive player you ever coached, who, what would you say? That's hard. I bet but, you've had a good one. Uh, but, you know, uh, when people ask that, I always say what position. You know, uh, I'd say regardless. Give me just uh, you can give me a lineman. Those guys never get any love. You know, you no. go to these postseason awards. Well, it's always a skill guy. But yeah, Danny Marino's offensive line from left to right was Jimbo Colbert. It's in the NFL College Hall of Fame. Emil Bors that played for the Steelers. Russ Grimm played for Washington, which is in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. You have uh, 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 Mark May, which was the right tackle, and so. All five of them up front, uh, and I told, would tell Danny quite a bit. I said, you didn't have that line in pro ball. Uh, one year he was touched by 11 times in a whole season. It's <laughs> a little easier to be effective. How about defensively? Is there a guy that stands out in your career? Well, Hugh Green will always be the uh, first-team defense in on any All-American team mm-hmm. in college. Uh, he probably should have won the Heisman, finished second. George Rogers won it that year. Uh, but, you know, Hugh was what in – he and Ricky Jackson were the two defensive ends. Uh, and Aaron Wallace and John Roper was the two defensive ends in Southwest Conference. And so uh, – as a group, those four guys, you know, certainly played pro ball. Hugh Green, Ricky's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Hugh would have been if he hadn't gotten hurt. Mm-hmm. And if I had, to, if you had to take one of your teams to go play in a national championship game today, would it be? I mean, you had a lot of success at a It'd lot of different places. It'd be the 1980 team at Pittsburgh. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. 18 of those guys went to pro camp. It's good that recruiting. Good one work. One year. Well, uh, yeah, I had some good coaches. But, you know, at that time, you know, Pitt uh, was in the top five every year, and so you had an opportunity. It's the same thing today. When you look at Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State, 
they're, you got to have something wrong not to have a good recruiting year. Mm-hmm. Somebody didn't do their job. So, in addition to, to bringing up players, um, obviously you had a lot of assistant coaches, you know, work for you over the years. You know about the Broyles Award, I'm sure. So, I'm just curious about your philosophy on nurturing young coaches, and then also some of the guys that coached under you that went on to be head coaches. Well, I was lucky. I had Jimmy Johnson. Uh, I had uh, Pat Jones. I had uh, Dave Weinstead, uh, R.C. Slocum. You wow. know, I go on and on yeah. with with guys that you had. A head coach is the same thing as a CEO. You're only as good as your coaches. Uh, you you hire coaches that are smarter than you are in certain positions. An offensive line coach should be a lot smarter than you are than a receiver coach or a defensive uh, secondary coach. You know, one of the best receiver coaches I ever had was Otto Stowe. And Otto Stowe played on the Miami teams when they were 16-0. and 0. Uh, But he never had a receiver would come out of the game. Now, we threw the ball a ton, mm-hmm. Jack Thompson, and but he had the receivers on Friday after we went through workout. They would run the stadium stairs wherever we were, the stadium, ten times. Mm. That was... They did that before. Then on game day, he would have them on the field two hours prior to the game doing different things, but they could stay in the game. What do you think of Texas and Oklahoma moving to the SEC? Well, it, uh, Texas had no choice, but it it is Texas will help. Uh, but the SEC got a lot of benefits because you have the number one team in the country with the most income, you know, $250 million a year. Then you also have the team that also uh, can raise the most money. Their NIL is larger. Then you have Texas A&M, which is right behind them. But you have uh, out of, I want to say, of the top ten revenue producers you have out of the top 10 you have either eight or nine that are sec so what happened as you know in getting paid by advertisers what is your footprint what is your footprint in this area Uh, in tv the reason the pac-10 dissolved was you only had 14 to 17 percent eyeballs in the Pac-10 foot in footprint. So if I'm an advertiser, I'm not going to pay t- millions of dollars to only get 14% penetration. Mm-hmm. So th- th- that's what happened to the Pac-10. But the same thing with Texas. You know, Texas signed, and it was a combination of ESPN and the South Southeast Conference. Texas signed for the Texas Network. Uh, uh, 15 million a year for 10 years so they were halfway through the contract ESPN was part of the deal to get Texas to go to the uh, to the Southeastern Conference and bring Oklahoma as well and that would save ESPN like either 60 or 75 million dollars 
So, in my opinion, I think ESPN brokered the deal. ESPN also paid for whatever Texas and Oklahoma had to pay to get in to get out of the Big 12. Did you ever have any interest in going to the NFL? I had a chance, uh, uh, but I, you know, like a dummy, I I didn't go to school to be a football coach. You know, majored in business, and I was just married with a little with a baby. And Coach Bryant said, "Do you want to do a free agent?" And I said, "No, sir. I'm I'm committed to do this." And that was the conversation was with. Hmm. <laughs> Whenever you told Coach Bryant no, it wasn't any more conversation. Yeah. What about as a coach, though, later on? I mean, I'm sure you had offers there, too. Yeah, I did. Uh, I had a chance to go to Houston. You know, the owner, I was good friends with Bud Adams. But you just couldn't pull the trigger? I was, it was doing, uh, then I was very, uh, having a great time in College Station. So, yeah. you know, it's it, it's hard even today, are you going to get, saving to go back to the nfl no i wish we would yeah great for arkansas (laughs) i kick in a few bucks if he'd leave yeah well i don't think (laughs) i don't either you know he just bought an 18 million dollar home in florida are you uh do you have any regrets at all do you ever wish you'd dipped your toe in the water in the nfl uh yes and no yeah it worked out pretty well for you yeah i had it i had a good run yeah no doubt yeah well, Coach, I appreciate you being with us. And, You're welcome. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah. We'll swing through uh, Wimberley maybe when we're heading back down southwest sometime. Yep. No, any time. Just call. And uh, what I'm doing now is I'm in the stem cell world. Taking, really? Taking players, doing stem cell therapy with them. And Tony Dorsett, he, uh, uh, Bob Lilly, uh, Randy White, uh, Renfro, and had about 15 in uh, – it, it helps, and it helped quite a bit. Bob Lilly had autoimmune polyomyalgia, and it, he's probably the one that it's helped the most and has stayed the most. Hmm. But Leroy, it's helped Leroy's dementia. You're working just with football players? Yeah. Well, anybody, but uh, in my sector is being able to help the former but also the present players. Yeah. Uh, players most orthopedic surgeons today are recommending and doing stem cells Mm -hmm. Hmm. if my math is right you're about to turn 80 what are you doing because you look great well thank you i'm doing some stem cells (laughs) give me your card i mean i may just need to start some stem cells here soon no doubt i want to look like you when i'm 80 no doubt good lord i want you to look like him when you're 70 (laughs) yeah get some work to do buddy Uh, Coach, we're going to let you go. I appreciate you coming by. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was a treat. Yes.